Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, October 2nd, National Name Your Car Day. I have never named my car, but I feel like if there's ever a day to do so, it's right now. Um, I think if somebody were to name their car, Kalen would be high on my list. Yeah, I started, first car was uh, Cookie, uh, which was actually named by my aunt. She met a uh, lady in China named Cookie. And then my current car, which I had the naming rights for, uh, the Toyota Corolla is just known as the Corolla's Royce. Like a Rolls Royce. It's very good, Owen. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't think Owen would name his car. I really, I think there's, no. a, yeah, there's just no way. I, I just call it the car. Get in the car. Go to the car. Drive the car. Yeah. Technically speaking, that would be the name of the, you know, hunk of metal. Yes. But you do have a, a, a brand of your car that I remember you always saying it's the greatest car ever made. That would be like the tagline whenever your vehicle came up in a discussion. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the Mazda three. It is a great car. I mean, we've had it for years. It's had like, I mean, there's obviously some maintenance you got to do to it, but nothing major. So it's been it's been good, like pretty good to me. Adam and I <laughs> both are Civic Nation. I've never named my car. I changed cars this summer. I think I'm gonna just never name it. I, I don't think it needs a name. But if I were to name it, like I need a. I don't know. Carol's Royce sounds pretty good. I, I think that kind of rolls off the tongue for me too. Well, I'll say that uh, Andrew Gruber just bought a uh, Kia Forte, and I asked him about a name, and he didn't have anything, so I gave him Matt. That's uh, that's but, what I was going to say. Not that you necessarily want a short yardage car, uh, <laughs> but he said it, it should have a lady name, so he's not going with Matt Forte, unfortunately. You Matt Forte was not a short yardage back. He was a you know PPR god back in. The, I was like twelve was booting him up. Yeah, forget it. Forget what I just said. Cut it. <laughs> no, it's never getting cut. It's staying in. <laughs> I had to let the people know about we're Matt Forte truthers over here. An interesting Sunday, Adam. The biggest story of week four is give me something. What's on your mind? The Bills taking care of business while doing more than just taking care of business. Bill is making a statement against the Dolphins. Statement win. I would put it in that category. Josh Allen. I mean, a performance that some would say Joe Burrow is completely incapable of. A performance that an elite quarterback would make in a big game, in a statement game, and getting it done. And Diggs was fantastic too, I think. You know, do we still want to hold some... uh, some clouds over their head for the Jets result. I think Owen would be the one who wants to do that because he's been, you know, Mr. Bills or frauds. Was that a, a big dent in your case today? This was, it was a big dent, uh, not only because of the results of the game, but also because I picked them, which, and I actually, I mean, I, I was on the show sort of screaming from the rooftops uh, that they were going to lose this game. So I, I think just on a personal level, I think they they, they sort of, it was, between, it was like a fight between me and the Bills. The Bills won, so I think they earned the right to go up to elite. I said the Bills would go up and uh, either last week or the week prior when someone said that uh, the Ravens were the king of the good tier. I said that uh, it's at least a toss-up with the Bills, and I think uh, we've seen over the last three weeks that, yeah, the Bills are who we thought they were. They're elite. Yeah, and I think we can agree this is probably the biggest story, and I think we need to do some cleaning around in elite in that case because – We've got a situation here where we have six teams in elite. And to be honest, I'm not against, you know, moving and shaking some of them back down to good. I do think they're all kind of similar, but I also see one or two teams as the class of elite. So how do we decipher what we want to do here, Adam? What do you lean towards? I don't see any big issues with the teams that are there. I don't know what kind of case you can make to move any of them out of there unless you think the dolphins like kind of tricked us but um i don't i don't know who else you would want to move out make the case don't you think maybe the dolphins and the eagles are lesser than the other teams in there i don't i think the like pretty clearly 
the Dolphins are the second best team in the top three in the AFC, right? Like if we have the Bills up there, I think the Bills, Dolphins, and Chiefs are probably all teams that that have capabilities of at least, you know, that winning an AFC championship or winning the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I see what Phil's saying. Like maybe them scoring against the Broncos wasn't like the crazy. I mean, they did score seventy, but. Maybe it was kind of like an overreaction, but I, I think they still belong in elite. Do you think, because I, I thought in the first quarter it was 14-14, and I was like, these teams are just going to trade punches all day. Like, this is going to end up in the 50s. And then it felt like to me that when the game got less away from, I mean, you can script your first couple drives. Like, you do it during the week. It's easy stuff. You practice those plays. And then when it breaks less away from that, and Buffalo is just able to stay at that level, that it occurred to me maybe for the first time thinking about Miami that a lot of this is coaching, and I've been quick to give Tua a lot of credit, and I think he deserves a lot of credit, but he also doesn't have the qualities that obviously Allen displayed today. And I'm not breaking news by saying that, but it just kind of occurred to me that in these big games there's a pretty good chance he's just always going to be the second-best quarterback, which is not really a favorable position to be in. And I think McDaniel is like McVay light. I think he's a genius, but that performance today just kind of made me rethink things a little bit. But I'm okay to keep him up there, Kim. Where do you stand? I think elite is a little bit crowded. Uh, when I think about the Dolphins against, you know, you put them up against the Cowboys, against the Niners, uh, probably even against the Chiefs. I think they're underdogs by you know, anywhere from two and a half to four and a half uh, in all those games. I don't think they're an elite team. I think Dolphins versus Ravens would be like a good close game. Uh, I would support dropping them, but uh, if we want to just keep them on on watch, that works too. Bill, could I ask you a question? Uh, I just want to revisit sort of after all the, the events that transpired this week, just, just in the games. Uh, I want to revisit your take on the 2020 draft uh, because – you seemed quite convinced about your order, but but just based on your comment about Tua there, I mean, you said there'd be no drop-off between Tua uh, and Justin Herbert. And then you also said Joe Burrow's your clear number one. So I just want to know if any of that's changed after this week. Because I know you're an overreaction guy too, so that's why I want to get this hot off, hot off the press here. Yeah. Loaded. Very loaded question. Very loaded. Extremely loaded question, yeah. Mega <laughs> load. Load management. Um, yeah. Hand up! I got caught up. I got I got swept up in the motion. I got it was the dust bowl, and I was just another speck. Um, my bad. I'm man enough. I'm gonna stand here and say healthy debate. You were right. I was wrong. Let's I'm, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Great. Thanks. Okay. Redraft for you. Go Herbert Burrow Tua. Is that what you would do? Well, I'm still gonna take Burrow. Even though he's okay. he's turning into Trevor Simeon in front of my eyes, I'm still going to hold out some hope that he might still be in there. But okay, it's looking heat. Okay, so what do we want to do? Do we want the Dolphins in there? Say I if you want them in there in three, two, one. I. Night, night. See ya. Fair enough. <laughs> that was three no's to one eye. So they're going back down. That's fine. And then the five teams that we'll have up there will be Buffalo San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia, Kansas City. And that's, to me, a pretty fair five. San Francisco, to me, is still the number one. I would have them number one. I think the Cardinals gave him a good sweat for a while there. You know, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like a glowing review, but I think the Cardinals are a little bit better than people give them credit for. I think everybody would admit that. So they're, to me, my number one. And Adam should be happy with Dallas's performance today, I'm sure. Yeah, um, it just kind of felt like things were back to normal, and I was glad to see it. I was a little worried that maybe the Patriots had some nice game plan to shut us down or something, but that didn't happen, and we just looked like uh, what we thought we were after week one and two, so I'm glad we got things back on track. Yeah. If anybody's ever worried about the Patriots having a nice game plan, it's not 2014 anymore. We don't have to worry about that. That would be my suggestion moving forward. There's just no need to sweat it anymore. They are. Did who you they tell are. Bill that? Deep down, he knows. He doesn't need to be told. Philadelphia, they're to me the weakest of those five. Oh yeah, I think yeah. their D line. I think their D line probably keeps them. You know, if 
yeah, if they're staying up, that would be what keeps them there. Uh, they have been really good against the run, which obviously makes uh, all all elements of uh, the defensive side a lot easier. But I agree. I think they're the weakest team in elite. Uh, how do they match up against the Ravens, uh, against the Lions even? Uh, I guess time will tell, but they struggled today with uh, with Washington. They looked okay week one uh, against the Patriots. Uh, and then Minnesota kind of stayed alive against them week two. I don't even remember who they played last week. Bucks. Uh, and they did kind of kill the Bucks. Uh, but I don't know. They haven't really had that kind of uh, exclamation point win where they're really routing teams like an elite team is supposed to. Uh, to me, they they seem like more of a good team than an elite team right now. Hard to knock them down given the fact that they're undefeated. I think that's tough. And I think they have beaten some opponents that I, I know their schedule's been pretty easy so far, but I mean they've been in some games against some teams that we think are frisky, meaning they have playoff chances. I do want to say though, to Caleb's point about the D line keeping them in, I, I would argue it's more the offense that's keeping them in because over the you, you take out the the you know Buccaneer game, they've given up a combined 90 points or 89 points over three games, which I don't think is an elite defense by any stretch of the imagination. Now, you can pin that all in the secondary, I guess, if you want. Um, but to me, the story of the year has been like how uh, dominant their line has been and, uh, and how dominant they've been up front on offense. And then, I mean, A.J. Brown and then Jalen Hurts have played as well as they were last year. So just I just want to put that out there. I don't think their defense is what it was last year. I really don't. Even though they did get pressure today. Yeah, important spots. AJ Brown was a machine today, and I would also add to that did, that DeAndre Swift is better than I know this is a very obvious statement, but he's better than Miles Sanders, and he's much more explosive than any option they had last year. Um, I know a lot of that's the product of his line, but just calling it like it is, he's a much more explosive back than anything they had last year. So, you know, I I think a lot of those teams, like you said, on they're not bottom teams like I think Washington we'll have a discussion about them later I think they make a strong frisk case after their performance today I think Tampa Bay is a is a high-end frisk I think Minnesota on the right day can put the ball up and down the field like I don't think they're a very good team but I don't know I don't think that their opponents have been bad enough for me to say these wins aren't impressive enough to uh keep them up that would be where I land so I'm okay to keep them up but if Adam had any interjection he can go no, I agree. They should stay up. Uh, I'm not overly concerned that they played uh, the commanders close. I think it's, I mean, I feel like I say this a lot, but I feel like it's historically a closer matchup between these two and um, playing your divisional opponent to overtime isn't like an automatic demotion to me. I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. I like the way you spun that. I think that's accurate. And we should mention that we're, you know, I'm not going to stick around and watch Zach Wilson before I get my football takes off. So Kansas City is just in a TBD until Wednesday night. But I digress. Good zone. Now that Miami's in there, and I like the idea that Miami's just going to yo-yo week, week in, week out, back and forth between good and elite. Um, we got to figure out what we want to do with uh, Joe Burrow because th there's a lot of options in play. I would even say unserious is in play. That's how serious I'm taking these mm. actions the last couple of weeks. Let's go to the man most likely to impose a grave punishment, which would be Owen Clark. It, it, there's, I mean, he played terribly today. He just, he really did. And you can tell um, that a lot of it is on him just by, uh, I think anybody that saw Jamar Chase's reaction, clearly it's not a, just a question of him being uh, injured. I think there's more at play there. So, I would say that, and I think I think our criteria for frisky teams is: do they have playoff chances? And at this point, are we willing to say that the Bengals legitimately have playoff chances as a one in three team? Uh, I would be, I, I would almost be inclined to say probably not, because they're almost certainly not going to win that division with the way Baltimore is playing. They're not going to be better than Cleveland, uh, and there's at least two teams in the AFC East. Uh, well, probably probably just one um, that is not going to win the division that will win a wild card spot. So I would be inclined to put them uh, into one serious. But he did chase the bag and he got a bag. So I guess credit to him. Yeah, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL we're talking about here. It seems like this is an issue where 
there's a lot of miscommunications. And I, I hate that I have to be the Joe Burrow mm-hmm. defender on this show, but like there's a third down and he puts it the left side, Boyd's cutting to the right side. To me, these are things that are training camp issues, things that should have been ironed out. <laughs> what do you know? He didn't do training camp. He doesn't even practice this week. I don't know that that's going to get fixed. I think this injury put everything off. So I'm I'm not against an unserious, but I would say if they hit the ground again, there's no reason that they shouldn't be 80% of the team they were last year. They have most of the same pieces. I know T. Higgins has a crack, cracked rib now, and he's going to be out a little while. But to me, I favor Frisk, but I'm not against unserious. I don't know if it was last Sunday or the Sunday prior, but we had the same exact conversation of, uh, you know, are we looking at what the team can be and what we think they're going to end the season as or right now? Because I think, you know, it's hard to call them frisky. Uh, you can either say that they're good and and kind of uh, assume that they're going to have some return and things are going to fall into place, uh, or you can assess them for what they've been, which is certainly unserious. Uh, you know, Frisk is in the middle. Certainly they're moving down, uh, but I think that the two-tier jump uh, is not crazy. I mean, they really have not shown us anything uh, apart from last week against the Rams, which was a three-point win. And that wasn't a seems, banner performance, yeah. Not at all. So it, it seems like an unserious team to me. I'm down for unserious. Wow. You hate to see what that. Are- you hate to see it. Oh, no. So I don't know. Did, did we talk about Cowboys? Because if we are, uh, the Patriots are also, their, their playoff chances, whatever they were going into this week, are now zero. So they also need to be moved back down. Oh, which yeah. hand up, that one's on me for, for bringing them up. But Don't worry. Uh, they need to go back down. We're, we're going ahead of our seeds there. That's fine. We can, okay, okay. I, I'm happy to boot them all the way into poverty if that's what we want to do. But, <laughs> you know, we, okay. can, we can figure that out in a second. If I had to ask you, do you think Cincinnati finishes above 500, not even makes the playoffs, but just finishes above 500 right now, you would say? No. We take a look at the schedule. Let's go. Mike and the Mad Dog, the schedule. I'd still say yes. I mean, they have two games uh, against the Steelers. There's two in the W <laughs> column. Uh, I don't know. I Somehow I still kind of believe in what they have going on. They've done it before. I think they end at least with nine wins. What do you think the line is on the game next week? Bengals minus one and a half. Who are they Bengals taking Bengals minus on? two and a half. Cardinals. A- Cardinals are at home. Oh, Jesus. Like, what would you guess in Arizona? I would say Bengals minus three and a half. Oh, I would be taking a 401k on the Cardinals in that case. I, uh, Cardinals are gross. I think Adam's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna. Vegas is gonna sucker me into that stupid Cardinals team. I just know it. I can sense it. Let me just read off because they have a hard schedule. So they've got Cardinals, Seahawks, <laughs> Niners, Bills, Texans, Ravens, and then Steelers, Jaguars, Colts. Yeah, I I, I think it'd be at this point at one three. I think it's it would take almost a miracle for them to finish above five hundred. See enough? I don't see eight more wins in there. I just don't like. I I mean. Against the Jaguars, Vikings, you know, they'll probably split against the Steelers. You know, if you can find me eight more or five more wins out of of those, then, you know, maybe I can be convinced. I just don't really see it, to be honest with you. Like the things that I think they have problems with are going to take a long time to iron out. They're going to take weeks to iron out. So, and those are good teams they are playing right away. So I'd agree with you. I'm okay with Unserious. I think, I don't know that they can get there. They, They look that bad. So I'm okay with it. If that's what we want to do, I mean, it is tough to say. Like the line I I looked here is uh, Bengals minus five is the opening line against the Cardinals, and I think uh, you know we could look like real idiots next week if they go out and you know twenty seven to ten or something against the Cardinals. It's tough to say with the Bengals. I think right now they are unserious, uh, and I think that's probably what they deserve. All right. Well, tomorrow, next week will be a great game because if they play them close, those are two unserious teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll know for sure if we made the right call. Let's do it. Let's put them in there. A little two-spot demotion for a prove-it week. I like it. I think we came to the right decision. And looking at the rest of good, Detroit sent a statement win against the Packers on th- Thursday night. I would put it in that column. And Baltimore continues 
to work out very well. I know they played against, you know, the Bishop Carroll Cardinals offense today, but respect to them. They got an easy win. And I think Lamar is, you know, at that MVP level. So I know we're only going to have three teams in good, but we can talk about maybe one coming up from the first zone, I guess. But to me, there's eight teams in the NFL that are above everybody else, and we have them pegged properly. That would be my take. We can dive into this Frisk zone. Um, I guess, Kim, when you look at this picture, what's the one change that needs to be made out of the Frisk zone? Patriots down, no question. Uh, that's just too easy. I think like we uh, graded them in, through the first three weeks on – well, I guess the first two were on losses that we felt were good losses. They kept it close against these kind of high-end teams, and that was a, uh, a check mark on their resume versus uh, then last week we talked about how they kept it close with a Poverty Jets team. Uh, what we saw today was uh, all we needed to see. Um, hand up, Owen was wrong the whole time, and I'm not sure if that's how hand up works, uh, but Owen was way wrong. Patriots got to go down. Yeah. Yep. I'm happy to be wrong on this one. I hate the Patriots. So thank you for putting my hand up. You got it, buddy. (laughs) What change do you want to make on any other ones in there? Like there's other teams I would move up from on serious maybe, but I I think the teams that we have there should be there. The only team I would maybe put potentially at risk is green Bay, but I don't think demotion worthy yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, Cleveland, this Watson thing is very weird this like shoulder injury that he practices through a week and then can't throw anymore on, on Saturday, Sunday, I'm keeping tabs on that. I don't fault the loss at them. I mean, it's just hard to play defense for 40 minutes of a football game. Um, the Packers loss was alarming, but I think honestly, the biggest improvement to me is I would rate Tampa Bay and the LA Rams pretty highly out of those Frisk helmets. I think those teams are, very good professional football teams. I think they do lots of things well. I, I'm a little curious about the state of the cycle because it seems as though I think that McVeigh might have just cured him. I really think it's possible. He looks co- calm and composed, and they do things that bring out what he's good at. Like I, I'm very impressed by them and Baker. So I, I, I'm shocked because we had them in poverty to start the season. They've uh, defied my expectations, I would say. I agree. I think Bucks are on good watch. Uh, I don't think a win over the bum Saints uh, is. I don't. I think they deserve better. Let's let's hold out for a bigger win uh, to give them that jump. But I agree, certainly on good watch. Uh, and the weird thing about the Browns all week they were favorites uh, against the Ravens, and then Deshaun gets ruled out, and it switches to where now they're dogs. So I don't know what Vegas like. They clearly I uh, think much more highly of Deshaun than I do. Uh, to me, that offense, I, I might as well be playing quarterback. It's uh, it's a bad offense. The defense, I guess, holds them in frisky, but uh, didn't look good today. Ravens are a good team. Maybe we wait and see. Uh, but I think Browns are on alert uh, for the jump down, and the Bucs uh, certainly should be looked at for a potential move up in uh, future weeks. I have been trying to get Seattle to be moved to good for quite a while now. And I'm still down. Let's talk Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, they got to play first, I think. Yeah, because I see I see your point. I think they're the best in that group. I think they're the helmet that sticks out to me. But I don't think they're at Baltimore level, Detroit level. I don't think they're there. Monday, they could prove it to me, though. I, I think they are at Detroit level. At yep. least they seem, at the, over the past few years, they've played Detroit I mean, it's the same. They play the same type of game Detroit does every time they play each other. It's like yep. two teams. It's like a Spider-Man meme. I do want to say that, but I do think that the, the Detroit is better. Mm-hmm. And then on the on the Browns, I almost it, it's tough too because they have a poverty offense, but that defense is is like cream of the crop elite elite. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think you got to keep that in mind whenever we're talking about them because that offense truly is poverty. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I agree with that. I know Miles Garrett left the game in a boot, they said. I, I might have just heard that wrong. It's been a long day. But if that is the case, that's a bit of a serious injury. I do want to say, though, this David Njoku coming to the game in the mask, I think, is one of the all-time cringiest things I've ever seen. I think it ranks right up there at, like, Joe Burrow Super Bowl outfit levels for me. I hate David Njoku now. I'm, I'm completely against this guy. 
I thought it was kind of sick. <laughs> I'm gonna go out a limb here. Well, I liked it me too. What did you like about it? You know, Joe Burrow wearing the the leopard print suit, like because you think it's like supposed to be cool. It doesn't have the same effect. Like James, David and Joku with the jacket and then the mask was just it kind of looked intimidating. I thought it sent it. It was like an intimidating message to the other team. Whereas Joe Burrow is just like it's like an attention thing. And you could also and, make the case, and I don't know if he would say this, but I think you could make the case he was he was doing it to hide whatever injuries were on his face. So he was like kind of taking away the attention. Like he didn't have a flashy mask on. It wasn't like a supreme yeah, mask. Have, like, wow. I can see nine out of time guys have in the a NBA flashy mask on or in the NFL. <laughs> what? I mean, he was he was wearing the you know the the, the he's wearing the shiesty. Uh, like the base level shice. No, that's fair. No, I don't, been... That's not a. You didn't see it. it. It's like a. It was like structured. Yeah, it was like plastic. Yeah, but you can make look. the argument that that was for medical reasons too, right? So, I respect it. Yeah, like he had he had some severe burns allegedly. So, I don't think been... I don't think his doctor gave him that mask. Uh, <laughs> I will say I'm looking at it now. No breathing holes. So that's interesting. Um. Yeah, it's a weird Phantom of the Opera kind of situation. Uh, I haven't seen these burns. I looked up to try and actually see what his his face burns look like, but I somehow have a feeling that they're not mask-worthy uh, if he played today. So I'll, I'm out on the mask. I'm with you, Phil. They said he had severe burns from a household incident. And, you know, maybe this is one thing that's just ingrained in me, but I remember going as a kid to those home safety lessons and they made it very clear you do not put the pan handle facing outwards on the stove because they always said that somebody they knew ran and hit it and then it came up and splashed their face and burned them and if he's pulling up in this mask i just can't help but think that he was cooking some craft dinner or whatever it is and he left the panhandle out and he got excited and he bonked it and it came up and it flung at him. I don't know if the physics backed that. Maybe we need the EIT to break that down for me. But I don't know if it's ma- if it's mask worthy, like you said. I don't see it being that. How bad could it really be? And also Owen says intimidation factor. Intimidation for what? He has like two catches a game. He scored me nine nine spot for me today. Oh, nine big points in PPR. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, and I've, I've seen your text. You're looking at the wrong mask. Uh, his nose, yeah, those look like minor burns to me. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> if you're if you're looking for intimidation factor, I mean, look at the guy's body. Like, that's intimidating enough. And then no mask. You roll in with a body like that and burns oh. off your fucking face. That's a thousand times scarier than this goofy, True. like, paper mache mask. Okay, Out okay. Uh, pe- some people are saying it's why the the Browns got routed today. I can't confirm that, but uh, it's certainly a factor. The guy's a loser. Yeah, he did. You, you mentioned the body as intimidation. I don't ask me why I know so much about David and Joku, but last week on game day morning, I saw him warming up with no shirt on. So he is not wow. afraid let's of using it. Yeah, uh-huh. that's David and Joku minute. All right. Anyway, let's hit the uh, unserious zone, which. What a crop. There is so much change that can be made here. Let's go to Adam first. You, There's lots that can be made. Let's see which one you want to see happen first, then let's go around. I have some hotter takes that maybe I would want to save for later, but... Let's go um, one, like draft mode, one at a time. we got to promote the Texans. Yep, completely Absolutely. in agreement. They, and I said last week that they should go up. Did I bet the Steelers this week? Yes. Was that a mistake? Absolutely. I will never make that mistake again, but yes, I completely agree with that. Is Stroud better than Trevor Lawrence, do you think? I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence guy, but I think it would be early to say that, yes. I'm all in on the hype, if you haven't noticed. He's generational. I agree. Best Ohio yeah. State quarterback of my life, easily. Uh, well, aside from them, they were my my number one pick. There's two that I'm kind of looking at. I think... Um, see the chargers are i know oh man don't get suckered I, I, in don't get suckered i don't in. i don't want to but i i kind of do want to because no I, I just love this offense and i love uh i love justin herbert but i'm not going to get sucked in uh so i'm going to nominate the colts i think the colts have playoff chances and by dint of that i think they're a frisky football team 
Big time. Uh, when Phil and I talked before the show, I, I was here on time, so you guys weren't <laughs> here yet. But uh, we talked about Texans up. Uh, well, I said Texans up, Colts up. So I like both of those. Uh, and, and looking around the rest, I mean, I think it's tough to promote the commanders on a loss, um, but they're certainly on frisk watch. I think today proved mm-hmm. something and erased some of the question marks after the, the first two weeks. Uh, and then I don't think it's crazy to say Steelers down. Uh, I mean, play calling alone, uh, I think, is enough to put the Steelers down. Some of the stuff I saw today was just like so egregious. Pickett injured. Uh, it was tough, you know, to feel less confident in the offense. But now with Trubisky potentially uh, as next week's starter, uh, Fryermuth also it instantly ruled out. We'll see what that injury is like. But things are not looking good for the Steelers. I wish they would tank. I know they'll finish at like 7-10. and 10. Uh, I think the Steelers are a poverty team. I don't think they have a fucking hope. I'm not against it. They were terrible today. The the Horrible. the play calling, the decision making, the quarterback play, the defense, everything bad. No redeeming qualities. And Mike Tomlin said after like hell yeah we're gonna make changes or whatever. I just I'll believe it when I see it. They never make changes. And for the they wasted a Najee Harris game where he actually like did something, which is a miracle in of, of itself. But now we're looking at Trubisky. I'm out. I'm with you. Poverty. Poverty until Matt Canada's gone. Uh, there was a lot of third and downs where it seemed like Pickett's first look was the check down uh, to Jalen Warren for like a two-yard gain. And we're talking third and longs. Uh, and then on the play that Pickett got injured on, it's a fourth and one. Very strange in that it was a, you know, it was uh, like fringe field goal range, I guess, they got their analytics, but we were kicking field goals earlier from inside yeah. the 20 when we were down 16 and then 13. Very strange. Uh, and then on that on that fourth down play, they line up in the shotgun. Uh, any other team in the league, 90% of other teams in the league maybe, are sneaking on fourth and one and picking that up easily. Pickett's been super good on uh, QB sneaks. If he can do one thing well, it's, it is the sneak. Uh, and then they line him up in the shotgun uh, he sucks at moving in the pocket, which I don't know if that's like a coaching issue or a picket issue. Um, the team is just – the offense is so, so hard to watch. And the defense wasn't good today. So, uh, yeah, until until Canada's gone, it's a poverty team. Stocks. I thought I would have to fight a bit to make that take, but I'm glad you guys took care of it for me. Yeah. On the 4-1, and one, I was expecting – when I saw him in the shotgun, I was expecting some sort of screen or something, like a quick pass – you know, yeah. so he doesn't have to drop back at all. And then it was like just a regular sort of pass concept that you'd see any other down and distance, really, at least from my eyes. So he didn't even like, they didn't even disguise the look by lining him out of, you know, under center. It was like, it's he'd be like the dream Canada would be to, to coach against if you're a defensive coordinator, just because it's no, it seems like so uncreative to me. Well, it's uncreative and it's predictable. They they line up under center and run like 75, 80% of the time. It's more than any team in the league. You know exactly what they're going to do. So when we come out in shotgun on that play, Houston knows we're going to pass. And last week we actually ran a really good fourth and one play, I thought, against Vegas where Kenny peeled out to the right. Three receivers were on that side and did little short in routes and he just hit whichever one was the most open. I thought that's what they were going to run. The thing with... Pickett and Kalem's right. He doesn't have good enough pocket presence. He he sacked himself a number of times today just by moving poorly. And the play he got hurt on, he didn't have to peel back to the left there. He could have stepped up into the pocket. There was room. He could have moved forward. He did that to himself. I think, you know, we don't know how long the injury is going to be, but it's just going to get worse with Trubisky because, like, I, I think Kenny Pickett isn't good, but honestly, Matt Canada is so bad that there's a chance that he's like, okay, or he's the 20th best quarterback in the league. And we'll just never know because he has that bad of play calling and the weapons around him are good enough too. That's the worst part about it. They're just so uninventive. So I'm fine with that. Poverty until Canada's gone makes sense to me. I was also going to ask if anybody can give me the case uh, or explain to me why the Raiders should should be anywhere close to unserious. You want them down. 
Absolutely. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't see, like, I'm, I'm, I was looking at this and I was confused as to how they're even in there. Yeah, they should probably go down too. I think you're it's right. Good question. It's a good question. <laughs> like, I see zero redeeming qualities. What did you think of Aiden O'Connell today? Well, I was, I was kind of in. I was kind of in. Uh, <laughs> I love the fourth down conversion. Um, it was just like <laughs> maybe the high, like the craziest roller coaster I've had watching a game in a long, long time because I was watching and then like, oh, I was super frustrated. Um, I was hoping they kicked the field goal so they could cover the spread. Uh, didn't do it. Went for it on fourth. Somehow miraculously converted it. And then before I'd even, you know, before I'd even sort of settled down, it was a, a basically a pick. It could well a pick six that he slid on going the other way it was just it was an incredible sequence of events it really was it was like an all-time yeah. twist because brandon staley that moron learns absolutely nothing he, he breaks out the exact same situation as last week fourth and one uh goes up the middle with herbert with his bad left hand um don't get it raiders have fourth and ten convert and then he's saved on the goal line again by just a classic rookie interception if if khalil mack didn't have six sacks today, the Chargers would have lost that game. But I agree with you. That's what makes the Raiders poverty. I think they should go down there. That's fine by me. Well, um, who did they even beat? Uh, the Broncos, win. Week One. They beat by oh. a point. Well, there you go. What I have no. I was I was just looking through the records at like how did we arrive on that decision? I guess they kept it close against the Steelers, uh, another poverty team, uh, and then they gave the. <laughs> Chargers a bit of a scare in the fourth quarter, but that was more of a Staley moment yeah. uh, than Raiders moment. So, Giving yeah, I have no fucking idea how they made it out of poverty. Lesson learned. Back they go. Giving the Chargers a scare is an unbelievable sentence. I think anybody could give the Chargers a scare. I don't know how down the show is going to be to do this, but um, I'm willing to demote on a win to the for the Minnesota Vikings. No, I would like to put them in poverty. They're not. No, they're, they're not. not poverty. They're not poverty. To me. Okay, I tried. It's not crazy. I mean, they they came from behind. They had to. They had to. Uh, I think it was a ten point comeback in order to beat the poverty Panthers today. Uh, I agree. Probably don't demote on a win, but Adam, I don't think you're far off. I would say they'd be favored against every team in poverty. Yes. So and, and some of them by multiple points. So that makes it tough for me to say they're on the same plane. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think that, like we said about them the whole time, they're like the Chargers. They should just be together. And that, you know, it, they both on a given day where the things go right, they could put up 30 points. That alone, nobody in poverty is scoring 30, which I get it. The Bears and the Broncos almost did, but that was because they played in the nuclear bowl. So it is what it is. That the, You get what I'm saying. Of the, I think that's a pretty good group. I'll say that. I think if we, we put those teams down in poverty, that makes sense. Pittsburgh and Vegas. If we're bringing up Houston and we're bringing up Indianapolis, I don't see why Tennessee doesn't go up. I think the AFC South is just a jump ball right now. I think any of those teams could have it. Um, so I don't think one of them should be put behind the other. So if we're all saying Frisk, then I th if, or if we're saying Houston and Indianapolis to Frisk, then I think Tennessee should go with them by extension. Yeah, but they have playoff chances as a function of, uh, you know, the whole division being good, not great. Uh, I guess my concern is that loss to Cleveland last week. Uh, they got, like, murdered. Uh, and then now the promotion comes against a win against the uh, now unserious Bengals. Uh, I don't know if I have faith like that in the Titans. Um it is it is a frisky division, so I wouldn't mind seeing the whole division together. Uh, but I would say that certainly if they move up, uh, they'll be on the low end of frisky. They're just it's too hot and cold with the Titans. I really have no idea what to expect week in week out. So, and that um, makes you unserious to me. I guess you're kind of right. But should they be sitting I mean, next to their new unserious neighbors really? uh, in the Bengals after they beat them by 24 today? Yeah, but they also lost by a lot to the Frisky Browns. And they barely beat the unserious Chargers. Yeah, they're unserious. You're like, right. You're right. AFC South, if you were to make a bet today as to, you know, who who do you think is going to win the division, would you take? 
because I personally, I want to say I'll go first. Uh, I think it's it's the it's the Texans. Yeah, you thought I was going to say Jaguars. I'm I not sure did. Say Jaguars. I'm saying oh, the I Texans. sure did. I'm all in. I'm with you. All in. I like Houston the most out of that group for sure. That Jaguars win did absolutely zilch for me. There's a reason I didn't even say them one time in in the frisk zone. The uh, to me, Houston has the best of that group. Houston or Jacksonville, uh, and then the Colts close behind. But I do think uh, the Titans are a distant fourth place in that division. Um, what I will say, while we while we do briefly touch on the Jaguars, I know this is Wednesday episode content. Uh, but before that line starts moving, as soon as it opens up, we're taking Jags plus the points against the Bills next week. Uh, the Jags will be situated in London. They they'll it'll be their second week in a row there, uh, where the Bills will be getting adjusted. Um, I like the Jags next week. Plus five and a half in that one. Give it to me. Yep. That is Wednesday, but we'll, I like it. I like that we're jumping ahead of that one. Adam, give me something on the Colts, I guess, because that was a... Uh, I know they fell behind 23 nothing, but I think they're a pretty well-coached bunch, and they make... I think they have a low ceiling, but I think they play a pretty good level of football. That's why they're a frisk team, but do you see them as better than those other two or no? No, I almost have them as number four. I mean, um, I wouldn't say they have a low ceiling. I think with their quarterback, kind of anything is possible. But, um, I mean, I'm not too impressed when you go down by 23 against the Rams and then losing overtime. Like, it was a cool comeback and stuff. But this is kind of like when the Vikings came back 35 points against the Colts last year and all the Vikings fans were happy. I would be more concerned about being down 23-0 in the third quarter. Fair point. And they didn't even win this one, so I guess that's that's fair. Um, I also, last thing, I want the commanders up. I don't know, we kind of mentioned that. I, I think that that was an impressive performance today. I would have gone for two, personally. I said that as it was happening. I think it was a mistake to play overtime with the way A.J. Brown was playing and think they could have caught him sleeping on that too and just better to lose that way than to lose in overtime as they did because they did have the ball but um to me those first two wins weren't impressive because they were against kind of poverty and serious level teams but these last two games even though they've uh not these last two games but this game in particular even though they lost i thought was a showcasing of a pretty decent offense in my opinion i disagree i think they should just be on watch for now I mean, they're going to go 3-0 in the next few weeks. Yeah. They and, got, uh, we're going to be putting them up, but uh, I'm okay to leave them down. Yeah, they got a big date with the Bears this Thursday, so that's going to be a free dub. Yeah, they go I, hate to, I hate to uh, take a backward step, but in this conversation about the Commanders, I, I'm now thinking a little more about the Colts. I don't know about promoting the Colts to Frisky on a loss. <laughs> <laughs> I just think those two teams are very similar, uh, and they might just be high-end unserious for now. I don't know. Hard to move one and not the other. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Okay. I like how we talked the Colts up for 45 minutes, and we're just going to you know, <laughs> erase the tapes, unwind, forget it never happened, and keep them where they are. I like it. Um, respect. And Saints... Poverty watch. You're just you're on notice, Saints. Derek Carr. Oh yeah. James Winston is just better than Derek Carr. Just flat out. He's just better. There's no no debate to be had about that. Healthy debate. Poverty itself. Congratulations to the to the Broncos, I guess. What a performance. The Bears really hit the hit the third deck today with their uh fourth quarter. Unbelievable stuff. I uh I don't know if you tried to catch as little of this as possible, Owen, but if you did tune in for that fourth quarter, wow. Quite something. I was just going to say it was classic fields. Yeah. The 57 I wouldn't say it was man. classic fields. Old classic fields. Because this year he's just been the zero minute man. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah. Because he actually did. I mean, he he, he was kind of lighting it up. He really was. For a few quarters there. He I almost was, had me buying some stock on the low. Oh, I was back in. I said, Cookie was watching <laughs> with me. And I said, you know, Justin Fields is fun, man. You got to give him that. That's what I said to him. <laughs> and then he reminded me why I've been so out on him these last couple of weeks. Um, he, he was a full 57 minute or today. You gotta, you gotta respect that. The, the fumble to tie the game and then the picks to seal the game was just, 
really the stuff of legend. It's it's what's going to give them Caleb Williams. Yeah, it was both those teams. I mean, those are the two worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. The Broncos hamming it up. Uh, Jerry Judy took a big victory lap on Twitter, I saw. And so Russell Wilson did as well with his nice victory post. So congratulations to them. Huge uh, huge W in the poop bowl. So that's nice stuff. Uh, otherwise, I see um, my friend LeBron James decided he was going to pick NFL games. And I don't know if you saw his lock parlay was the Browns and Steelers, who I think lost by a combined 58-12. to 12. So that was tough. It's he did say that on Saturday he actually came out and said that he picked the Lions on Thursday. So mark him for a win in that and a loss on the parlay. Uh, so shout out to LeBron for getting in the picks game. Some are saying that you know he's just hopping on the bandwagon. But I guess the main thing that I want to hear from Caleb in particular is: Did you open the door this morning to Andy's room? Well, I was pissed. I mean, I woke up ready to open the door to Andy's room. Uh, but I guess the NFL decided that Canada doesn't deserve that kind of coverage. Uh, what I did see on Instagram, I liked. Uh, I think it's the kind of thing that you watch like three plays and you're like, hmm, pretty cool. But then obviously you're going to watch the regular broadcast. Uh, but uh, no, it would be interesting to get a kid's take. I mean, <laughs> on, you know, does that bring you does that bring you into football? But uh, Andy's room, I'd call it a win. I think it was a cool thing. Uh, I don't know if I could watch a full game like that. but Yeah, the slinky dog was awesome. That was, yeah. <laughs> and the claw putting the ball down. It yeah, was, I, like I mean, that. all around. I love Toy Story, man. I, I'm going to be, I'm a hand up guy. I'm man enough. Toy Story is awesome. There's nothing bad about it. When they showed the claw, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the claw. Like, the claw is just sick. And then I saw a tweet, I retweeted, actually, of the penguin in the box with all the dust on it. And it was like, kids, this is Kyle Pitts. Like, there's just great Toy Story jokes at all times available. So I love it. I think we should get a kid on. And, and if, uh, if I can make a statement about Toy Story, I think, like, when you look at these prolific uh, animated franchises, there's so much Shrek talk. Everybody's high on Shrek, Shrek this, Shrek that, that. Cowboys, like the club has like a Shrek theme night, all this garbage. I think Toy Story is head and shoulders above Shrek as a franchise. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take, to be honest with you. There's a lot of Shrek buzz out there. A lot of Shrek buzz. Did you see the Airbnb swamp? I saw it. Maybe I'm a little too plugged. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So... I just have a, you're the marketing sort of NFL guy, Phil. Mm -hmm. Are they trying to market? Like, what's the age demographic? Like, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds? Well, I was thinking about this. I think they're doing this because it's like games in London. It's on at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 LA time. That's kids' cartoon time. Let's take advantage of this opportunity and give them a cartoon of our broadcast. I did see some interesting theories about what do they do if there's a DeMar Hamlin situation on the Toy Story broadcast? What do they do about, you know, potential injuries? What 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 is their game plan there? I would like to hear more about that. I understand they ran into some technical difficulties. I did see on some of the plays, um, but I guess my answer to you would be they're just trying to get into the cartoon zone for kids' cartoon time. But they've been doing this thing with the slime too, so it's hard to say. I, I'm wondering what the target age demo is because I feel like when I was like a kid, like at least by at least by <laughs> seven years old, you can just watch a regular football game. Any younger than that, you certainly don't have the attention span to watch a full game. So it's kind of an interest. Like they they have a very specific uh, target audience. I wonder. Uh, I wonder what they found mm -hmm. uh, in terms of success with these uh, you know kid kind of gimmicks. It, it does seem like an odd, uh, that, that's sort of what I was getting at before. Like the Toy Story graphic isn't what's going to be pulling you in. Like it's going to be the, the sort of the product on the field, at which sort of case, I think they're probably marketing like the people that are really going to be swayed by the, the slinky dog outside of like people that are just in it for the nostalgia game would be like eight, nine year olds. Yeah. Which seems like an odd demographic to target at all. Like why is that? Why are you hitting like 10 year old demographics? Or it's, it's strange to me. You know what's a good idea? Kids, 
in theory, like you say, it doesn't really connect the Toy Story thing, but that's fine. Let's just call that kids marketing. Let's call teens marketing the Nickelodeon game, the MVP. Let's let's put that in the teens category. Let's go with, you know, we have a good grip on the 18 to 50s, but we don't have a good grip on the women 18 to 50s. So let's bring in Swift and get Swift to pull in some, fem- yeah, some female viewers. But here's what they're missing, though. They're missing an oldies mm-hmm. game. Maybe it kicks off at like, I don't know, like three o'clock. Maybe that would be a good time for the oldies. Motion like blur. So it's like a little bit less on the eyes, a little less strenuous. Maybe just higher volume on the commentary. Um, I don't know what else they could come up with, but we need like an oldies broadcast, something that can less adverts, no gambling adverts. They don't like those. Um, maybe they could tailor a game to the old folks. Yeah. Just a little few Cialis ads in there, commercial breaks. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. You wouldn't have to worry about motion blur if they just, I don't know if the Steelers play the Bears this year, but <laughs> that would be a good slow-paced game, very stomachable for the older crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I? One more thing on the Nickelodeon piece, though. I, I do think if they are, if that is what they're going for, I don't think they realize, like, it, maybe I'm out of touch and I'm I'm on the wrong side of this, which Probably. is very possible, which is probable, actually. <laughs> but I don't think kids, even like 14, 15-year-olds, are really watching Nickelodeon. Like, I think if they wanted to reach out, they'd get added Ross to like get in the booth. I mm. feel like that's what the kids or like the, the Kai, Kai, Kai Sinat or whatever. Kai Sinat. Yes. Get him in the booth. to And get those two to call a game. I think they'd sort of, they'd probably break records. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere. Jake Paul. Yeah. Get him in there. I'm not even kidding with you. I think that's what, if you ask a 14 year old on the street, what, who what sort of media are you consuming? That's what they'd say. Red zone cut into TikTok. And it's just you swipe just for touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we should charge for this. This is pretty good advice. I'm not going to lie. But you said, Caleb, Canada neglected no, you know, Toy Story in Canada. That seems like the type of thing that a company that has all the NFL rights like DAZN should want to, you know, grab onto. And maybe you have something about DAZN that, you know, you're interested in. Thank God you're on the ball because I would have completely forgot about this. So DAZN is a corrupt, uh, dirty, dirty organization, arguably worse than the NFL themselves. And this is a PSA for anybody else who's rocking DAZN right now. If I sign up for a month-to-month contract, let's say I sign up on the first of the month, I'm paying until the end of the month. And then when the bill hits again, I'm paying for the next month not according to DAZN. So they have this backwards system when you're on the month-to-month contract where as soon as you hit cancel, you now start your uh, 30-day cancellation period of which you will pay for you know any of those 30 days that you incur. So if I sign up on the 1st and I cancel on the 15th, I'm now extended to the 15th of the following month and I got to pay for those 15 days. So it's like a phone contract or some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, good life membership <laughs> uh, where they just got you by the balls. And to me, that's completely ridiculous. Like every other uh, Spotify, Netflix, whatever, you pay for the month. And if you cancel in that month, you're done. You watch till the end of the month and you're done. Uh, DAZN, they're getting us with the fine print. I've reached out to customer service. Uh, listen, I've had a stressful week. I got school. I got work. I've got a lot going on. And the last thing I need is a crusade uh, with, you know, against the customer service department. Um, But it's not about the money. It's about the principle. And I will not rest uh, until I have restitution from DAZN. So for anyone else uh, who's currently on the month to month, uh, just keep that in mind and cancel early, cancel often. You know, I think that's a great message to everybody out there. Just spread the word because they have us. It's a monopoly. They've got us. We have to accept that at this point. They are going to be getting our money until their contract expires. And I hate them as a company. I really do. They really make me mad and grind my gears. The fact I only get five devices. I live in a house where I need like 10. I need it on my phone, my computer, my iPad, the screens. I have to go in every day and change around what device I need registered. I hate them. I really do. So I'm glad that you have another crusade to go on against them. Anyway, baseball playoffs starting this week. Toronto Blue Jays at Minnesota Twins. Owen, go ahead. How are you feeling? I'm feeling better. 
I think that if we were to be playing the uh, the Rays on Tuesday, so I think we kind of got lucky in our in our last game this year by by losing it and then having uh, the the Astros end up winning the division. So I am I, I, you know a silver lining um, beyond this series because I I'm just gonna you know hopefully we can get one and then maybe two, but I do like our chances. I don't think Minnesota is a hard hitting team. Uh, I, I think they have a good staff. I think likely will pitch. They're gonna they're gonna pitch Gray and then either Lopez or Ober probably Lopez. So they've got good pitchers. Other the the back of their bullpen, I think is good as well. But I just don't think this team is 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 very well. They're very suited um, to hit well, and I think our pitching is is in a really good spot. So you know what? I'm 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 optimistic, and maybe I'll eat my words, but I like us to win this series. I really do. Uh, and then maybe next show we can talk, we can be talking about the Rangers, which is a series that terrifies me. Yes. So I'm not thinking about it. That wouldn't be fun. I don't want to play the Rangers, but I think this is going to be a fun series. Yeah. You know, Minnesota Twins, fun fact. I don't even know how this is possible. They've lost 18 straight playoff games. It's like, uh, it's honestly remarkable to, yeah. to be that inept. Leave it to the Blue Jays to, you know, Give them two wins and no losses this this time around. Just leave it to them. They'll find a way. I have my hopes. It's going to be fun. I love playoff baseball. Kilm's Cubs are out. I'll be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really, like, all I have is the Steelers now. Uh, so things aren't going great. Can I do some real-time live reporting? Uh, this just in via people.com. Sunday Night Football debuts Taylor Swift-themed promo ahead of Travis Kelsey and Chiefs game. So it's now Travis Kelsey and Chiefs. Mahomes out, Kelsey in. Uh, and supposedly there was a, a commercial which used in the background Taylor Swift's alleged hit song, Welcome to New York. I've never heard of it, but uh it. you know, could this be a clearer setup? This is a psyop through and through. Uh I read here that Kelsey's jersey. Uh, has surged 400%. So that's flying off the shelves. I suspect a lot of smalls uh, and maybe mediums. Uh, <laughs> and apparently uh, the last week's game against the Bears uh, did really well in the female ages 12 to 49 demo. So uh, credit to you, Roger Goodell, uh, the puppet master. This is uh, a clear setup. Who's buying Travis Kelsey's jersey? Like Swifties, but who's like, I need his, like, why? If your city was the next stop on the Eras tour and you show up in a Travis Kelsey jersey, maybe you got the little hair elastic uh, on the side circa 2013, like making it a, making it a fit. I could see that being a Swifty move. And I just want to kick it back to Adam's take weeks prior uh, that this was going to drive eyeballs to the Kelsey documentary. Uh, if the 400% surge in jersey sales uh, isn't enough evidence for you, I think Adam was spot on. Uh, I bet I bet that did big numbers for Netflix. Yeah, I think his podcast cleaned up too. So apropos of nothing, but the sphere is the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. I am dying to see this sphere. This thing is absolutely oh. breathtaking. Yeah, I, I need to go there. I've never seen anything like it. Apparently people that were actually there said it's it's going to change the concert game, which I don't think it will, but um, they, at a bare minimum, it seems like an amazing experience that like, I would want to have, right? I think yeah. anybody would want to have that. And, you know, U2 is a great opener for that place, in my opinion. If I had to give one knock to the sphere, I think like that becomes the show. Like looking at some of the videos I've seen, the band is like a tiny dot in the horizon. Uh, and it seems like the whole show is about the sphere. So I could see artists being like, nah, like I'm the show. Uh, we're, we're not doing this kind of venue. It looks cool, uh, but it seems like a lot. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see my favorite band there. But yeah, would I go see like a fringe kind of band for the venue? I'd check it out. They said... Uh... U2 was kind of mailing it in too. Like they're sort of aware of that. Like it's like, okay. we're, we're not the main show. We're like going through the motions a little bit, but. Background music almost. Yeah. Which is respect. I'm sure they're getting crazy amounts of money. They said that they have speakers ingrained into the back of every seat. Yeah. That sounds so sick. It's like studio quality everywhere you sit. It's pretty cool. I need to go check it out, but 
again, apropos of nothing. Anyway, Adam's broadcasting from the dark. It's like, uh, like, is everything okay over there type situation? Yeah, just still uh, working on my illness. So, you uh, know, one mm. step at a time. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Well, Tan. Jets are on the board. Yeah, two. Yep. Two big points for the Jets. I love the live score update. Um, but yeah, 10. 10. 10. Love to see it. Love to see it. We'll be back Thursday. I think how it's going to work. I think this. Caleb's with us. Picks this week. Then he's with us. Games. Then he's with us. Picks. And then I think it's Alex. So I think you got three more. Three more. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. I mean, I'm going to start needing a check for these appearances. Yeah, well, we're working on three years, no check. So get used to it. Buddy. I'll take equity. Okay, you can I'll have equity. I'll take a piece of the pie. Oh, yeah. You, right. you can have 1%. equity. 1%. Yeah. All right. Works for me. <laughs> All right. We'll be back Thursday, week five picks. See you then.